Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. So Joey Christel is a meteorologist and risk analyst for the Maryland Emergency Management Agency. Mm-hmm. Sounds serious. He's also a gay gentleman. Okay. Mm. And he is a, he's a tornado chaser. He's he's a Doppler whore. <laughs> yeah. no, he's he's a legitimate legitimate tornado chaser. He's yeah. a legitimate tornado chaser and meteorologist, um, and became obsessed with the movie Twister, which uh, is one of H. Right. Allen's faves. It is actually. And so Joe, so now Joey, uh, he Joey um, chased a tornado with his. Uh, boyfriend, Chris Scott, mm-hmm. and then together... With one F- T. What kind of person is that? Mm. Yeah, Chris Scott. Uh, they both love Twister. And Joey proposed to Chris in front of a Twister in the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah with a tornado. <laughs> in, he, uh, in Kansas. He said... It all and just he said kind, yes. He said yeah. And said, oh, it all just... This is what Crystal said. It all just kind of ha- came together and happened so quickly. I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> so it, his friends his friend snapped the photos of them with Joey down one knee with the gray tornado looming in the background. And mm-hmm. the photo at the time that this article was published received almost 6,000 likes on Twitter. Was there blowback? And, well, no, uh, pun intended, but also um, the, <laughs> yeah. the quote was the two loves of my life. So it's his fiance and a I tornado. Mean, I find it that is, actually very charming. My it question is, actually is really yeah. My question charming. to you is it is it charming? Is it insensitive? I don't. I'm, it would be disgusting if he was shirtless. Right in well, the picture. Sure, <laughs> yeah. that would be a little take too it much. to a different level. It's just a someone is celebrating their unique passion, and yeah. I, I'm all for anything that is. Unique and genuine is is great. Yeah, I mean, I love. Listen, it's like I don't understand tornado chasing. It actually seems terrifying to me. I come from a part of the country where you know, for six months of the year, you're living in terror of yeah, tornadoes. Too. Yeah, um, it's it's really bad, and and uh, so I would never do that. But. The fact that these two really love tornadoes and they're able to capture that moment in a really sweet way, it's charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is charming. I mean, it is charming. because To me, it's charming because it's weird. It doesn't seem yeah. like an Instagram stunt. It, exactly. It feels, I mean, it, on appearance, you can look at it like an Instagram stunt. And sure. I will admit, without before reading like the stuff that you sent, I thought it was an Instagram stunt. I, I, I'm a, I, so this is what I hate. I hate... People that do crazy things that endanger other people's lives. I mean, I guess everyone hates that. I'm not, t- I'm not a taking picture. a bold stance. But, like, someone who will put their family in a boat and take their family across the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. and in the process, because they bring their children, are endangering uh, – uh, there was a, a famous couple did this. They endangered the lives of rescue um, uh, workers because they got stranded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated that guy from Man on Wire. The, oh, yeah, the, that guy. I, Hated oh, that movie. I liked that movie. I hated it because it was like this ridiculous fantasy that what he was doing was beautiful, even though I absolutely <laughs> he did was not walking on a wire between the twin towers. Right? Yeah. That's right. There was that documentary a couple years back. It about was good it. talk. It was a good uh, talk. I hated it, but I just 
it's like when when you're in theory endangering other people's lives and impacting the lives of those around you then get over your fucking ego yeah. you know with that said this to me was more charming because yes you're endangering your, your life but this is what you do for a living well, you know well, how they, to read and, stuff yeah. and this was a group of and this is friends. a group of people who are involved in this pursuit and I, theoretically I would assume since he does work for the Maryland he Emergency does, Management yes. Agency yeah. he probably took some precautions in where he, and he probably even knew the direction of the storm well yeah they were so the idea <laughs> was that they and they and their mutual friends set out to catch a tornado in Kansas and that tornado inspired a National Weather Service to issue a tornado emergency for several counties but the group began their tornado watch in Salina, Kansas and then found and followed the storm to Tipton, Kansas where he popped the question. And he's from Salina, Maryland Kansas. though, right? He's from he, he he was a risk analyst for the Maryland oh. Emergency but, Management oh, Agency. It. Tornado chasers, they go all over the place. That's true. Now, can we talk about Wait, how t- <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, can we talk about tornado culture in cuz I remember yeah. as a kid you would hear those tornado sirens uh-huh. and I would freak the fuck out. Mm. And it would happen maybe, what, once a year? What, do you have basements that you, is that like a Yeah, you run into the basement. Yeah, or like, depending upon your house, you get in the bathtub. Yeah. Of them. You, what? Um, you get yeah, in the bathtub. The bathtub often stays um, like part of the framework of the house, oh. so if anything falls, yeah. it So the whole family gets pipes. in the bathtub? Well, no. Well, I mean, they, no. it's like, it's the things you take, like, if you don't have a basement, <laughs> or if it's too late, oftentimes, right. um, you have to find certain areas, so like, you get in a ditch, or you get in, like, there are things that yeah, you do. Yeah, like if you're on the highway, you're yeah. supposed to get out and of you your learn, car and get into a ditch. You learn all these things as a kid because you don't, I mean, I I, I remember we had a house um, when my grandparents were living out in the middle of Missouri that half of their house was like just ripped off the side part of the oh, house. Wow. And it, I mean, they weren't there at the time, thank God, but yeah. like, it's 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 really scary. Yeah. I though, <laughs> being a piece of shit little child, um, loved that, I loved when we had tornado Issued yeah. in, in or even tornado drills, but primarily just tornadoes in my family because all of the good snacks were in the basement. <laughs> so, so whenever there was like a tornado oh coming through and it was like bad rain, and my stepmom would be terrified, and like every like some people would be crying, and it was a whole thing. I'd be sitting down there eating those little cheese ball things, you know what I mean? <laughs> Being like, I'm loving Waiting it for the tornado. Yeah, I'm loving it. I want more tornado. Bring me a pop tart. Yeah. Did you see them? Um, the tornadoes and like... I, I saw one tornado once. I was in Iowa. And no, I'm sorry, I was in Kansas. And I, because my aunt was in Kansas and there was a tornado that went there, and you saw in the like the path, like you saw yeah. where shit was coming from. And you, it wasn't like Matt, it wasn't like what you see in the movies and stuff. It was like you just saw yeah. a lot of wind coming together. Yeah. And immediately everyone was like, to the basement. Wait, now. what the, what the right. fuck was Twister about? I know it's about a Twister. Well, Twister's but... a cute little love story about storm chasers. So it's, mm. so it's Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton? God, it was Helen Hunt's breaking point. It was yeah. Helen Hunt being like, listen, Her I'm defined. on Mad About You. But I'm a serious actress. And then what did she do? Twister in '96. What happened in '97? <laughs> she won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. But for as good as it gets. Yes. Okay. But Twister. I don't think she would have gotten as good as it gets if it wasn't for Twister. She also Probably did Castaway. Don't yes. forget about that. Yes. Um, wait. Did, that was years later. Mm-hmm. That was years what later. was the, so the idea? So they were what love struck? Well, like... no. So they they had. To, I believe they had dated previously, and then they weren't. And they both were kind of storm chasers, um, working for different people. Right. Yeah. And and there was. Uh, I haven't seen it in years, but there was like a massive storm coming, like a 
insane. A big, a, a big ass storm that mm-hmm. they wanted to get, and they had to get this ball that would yeah, that could thing. read they the had to storm. Get this truck close to the. Mm-hmm. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman was in it. Yeah, and he had to like throw the ball or get the ball out of the truck into the center of the storm <clears> so that they could read the data from the storm and potentially figure out how these storms move. That mm-hmm. was, I think, the right. point in theory. But in the process, Bill Pol- <clears throat> or Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Discovered love. Their own. I actually had a weird crush on one of the storm chasers in that movie, and it's a girl. Oh, which one? Oh, wow. The one, I don't even know her name, but she had kind of like one of those weird lips. Hair lip? I don't know. I don't know if it's a hair lip, but like her lip goes down. Uh huh. Was that your first girl crush? Can you explain what I'm doing right? I first. You're no, pressing Dominic on the bu- you're pressing on the sort yeah, you know, of like, like upper, center of your lip, the center of your lip, and you press lip. it down. Some people have that lip. It's like yeah. there's like a bit of a divot there, but mm-hmm. I find it very cute. Wow, have you I, noticed that before? I loved mm-hmm. Helen Hunt in that movie. I especially loved that when the storm came through, she and her, and Bill got like blown up, and their legs are dangling in the air, and they're holding on for dear life, and it's just. I love when people yeah. hold on for dear life. I know. I just love it. I, I love. Know. I love anything. Like even like Wizard of Oz, Tornado. Like I should be scared of these because I grew up with them and I should be really frightened. But no, I I love. Well, they, they don't. Yeah. I love yeah. the cinematic I, quality. You didn't have them in New York and Long Island. No, they don't no, get tornadoes no. at all. You right? get hurricanes. You know, we well, get, yeah, get some hurricanes a little bit. Yeah. I just I'm I'm like dying to see like if their if their wedding is like tornado themed or like you know <gasps> what if one of them dresses up like the just... old lady in Twister <laughs> when they all went to that house they you remember that in... house <laughs> yes I do but it should be like a natural disaster themed wedding the, that will be deeply insensitive that would... I would love it I, <laughs> I would, would sign so up for that. RSVP yes I would try that's a destination wedding I'm there Can you but imagine... you know the drinks will be like you know the, the hurricane right whatever <laughs> yeah. whiskey hurricane or something. Joey yeah right <laughs> hurricane Joey never be a drink maker <laughs> a drink maker Thank... yeah. this is a hurricane Mix- have you ever seen one of those tornado videos? I mean, there's obviously now because of cell phones, there's a million videos online of people in their houses that are being basically torn apart oh, by tornadoes. I don't want to watch well, that. yeah, well, but, I mean, they survive. No, oh. but I mean, in a lot of those areas, because that part of the country was so hard hit economically, there's there are a lot of my stepmom lived in a trailer park, and there they were like homes. I mean, they weren't they weren't mm-hmm. like on wheels or anything, but. Well, I guess they were, but they didn't yeah. look like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they were, hid the wheels. They, yeah, they kind of did because they had like they the deck around and stuff. Yeah. And but they lived in trailer parks, and there's obviously no basement in a trailer, and so like because there's so many of that type of ha- housing in that region of the country, when tornadoes hit, it is bad. I mean, mm, it is yeah. like the, there's nowhere for these people half oh, the time yeah, to go, sure. and that's where a lot of those videos I think are coming from. Yeah, I, I had a friend whose dad was taking him to college. No, he's picking him up from college, and on the way down to Indiana, a tornado hit, and he just pulled o- like he saw the tornado. He pulled over to the side of the road. I guess it wasn't huge, and the apparently the dad said that he felt his car lift off the <gasps> ground, oh. but then. Kind of settle back down, oh and the God. tornado kept moving. I don't think I'm going to see Twister just even even because of this. It doesn't seem like that would be. It's not for me. That's not for you. I just love Helen Hunt. I did think about two of the. So if if you guys were going to be proposed to, uh, this would be the best way to do it. Alan, someone should propose to you in the Harry S. Truman Presidential Library. You mean Michael? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm not I'm not trying to project that pressure onto him. <laughs> I was just saying, if someone if a loving point partner, yes. living yes. partner, boyfriend, I'm not ignoring yes. Michael. I'm just saying. I know, but and, that is a great place. And Elliot, so Michael Hint, 
Uh, and Elliot, when is Elliot his happiest after a Brazilian wax? So someone oh, could, someone could propose to Elliot in the waiting room What's of a Brazilian, Brazilian wax. Could we? It's with a line, you know, where they give oh, you the line. Jesus, is that the la- that's the landing strip, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, ask Elliot. I mean, I'm not the one. I don't know. I've never had one. <laughs> not even joking. Hi, Ed Drost. Hi. How Hi, are Ed. you? I'm good. Long Thank time you for, to see. Uh, yes. How are you? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me to Burbank. Oh, welcome to Burbank. <laughs> Isn't it good. beautiful? It's gorgeous. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to have this like big book of that was called like the big the big address book. Oh god, I was such an annoying kid. What is this book? It was What's a this book have to do with Burbank. Yeah, well, what does it have to do with Burbank? It, it was a book that was, of like chase. addresses <laughs> of like celebrities, quote unquote. Oh, oh yes. Burbank celebrities. I and it was I would just write to every single person that, that book. many celebrities lived in Burbank back then? It was always well, it was addresses their, to studios. It was oh. their PO boxes. I remember yes. I had the same book. What? And I was like, that's weird. Leslie no. Nielsen lives I missed next to like No, it's true. Like, Toluca you know, Lake was very popular. Bob Hope lived there. Wait, you had the big address book? Yeah, I mean, because I, I would, I would write, try to write celebrities to get, like, autographs. I wrote one celebrity Wait. three times a year, Madonna. Uh. Did you write any? Were you a, did you write I, didn't, I wrote Liz Fair, who was, like, my high school <laughs> idol, and Even she never as a wrote kid, back. But were you a weird little kid? Not about writing celebrities, but I was weird in other ways. Have you okay. confronted Liz Fair? Um, I've never today? met Liz Fair, which is How insane. is that possible? I don't know. So Ed is a very accomplished, uh, uh, celebrated, beloved musician. Grizzly Bear. From the band Grizzly Bear. Thank you. But now you... Roar. Grizzly Bear is... Where it's, is Grizzly Bear? Grizzly Bear is alive. Alive. Uh, we're all alive. Mm-hmm. Alive and well. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people you had had children. an album come out last year, right? Two 2018? Years ago. Almost 2017? Two, late 2017. Mm-hmm. Um... We're live. We actually just played a couple of shows. Right, I saw that. Um, you, did the, you did the bowl. Well, that was last September, but we just did some a festival in Long Beach called uh, Just Like Heaven, which was sort of a oh, yes. weird nostalgia for 2007 right. festival. That's right. Which that's is right. weird that we're already having nostalgia yeah. for that already. Yeah. You, guys, you had an amazing my, my music life. video with one of my favorite people, Busy Phillips. Like, it was yes. such an amazing music video. It was really fun. You definitely should watch that, y'all. I, I met Busy yeah. at your birthday party in Palm Springs, Springs where she told me everything about her birth <laughs> and I was I was in for, I was like sign me up this she, was she just like testified on Capitol Hill today I know she's a, yeah she's, she's a, incredible she's she, incredible. She, I just she's literally discovered her uh, like cause she's doing, she's in like a commercial. I'm like, who is that person? Because she has a hilarious but lovable voice. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, she, she really is, seems very. She's likeable. a very loyal. I don't usually befriend a lot of people that work in like celebrity vibes, but she's like right. such a because they're flakes, you know. Yeah, it's just a fact. Yes. Um, they're gonna let you down, but she's busy is one of those. It's true. They really <laughs> will. Yeah. Just Everyone even, in L. A. I don't you even down, try anymore, but they all let you down. And you're like, oh, it's okay, no worries. Yeah. yeah. Didn't care about the dinner. No, but she's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so now you're in. But the... she doesn't let you down. Busy no. will, will busy will be there. She never cancels on a dinner. Literally, pretty much never. If someone cancels on dinner, like last minute, will you try to make That's plans a real... again? I don't know. I guess... Wait, wait. Say, I didn't hear the question. So if someone cancels on dinner last minute, yeah, will you try to make plans again? It depends it's... on how well I know them. Yeah, you know, if and it's someone, it's like the tears of friendship that we all create in our minds. You know what I mean? Like it's like if you've had a couple like uh, encounters where you're like, yeah. this could be fun, but and then in the canceling, you're like, you know what? Let's just let this die. I I, I did this thing a few <laughs> like a year ago where I was I was like, I'm gonna start inviting a friend who I see maybe a couple times a year 
to just drinks on a Thursday night so I can see them and hear more about their life. I just want to get to know my friends better. That's tender. I tried. It's so cute. Well, it was until I tried it three times and all three people had no interest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck this shit. I didn't I get an invite. To... Well, no, because well, he sees I you see more than you. twice a year. I know. I know. Um, Ed, a little too much so we... even, Alan. But, uh... So now you're in the... Ba- Don't you're... cancel on dinner. <laughs> uh, what, it's a bad move. What, what, is, what, what brought you into music? What brought you into music? Because you were in the, you were, I mean, the. We're gonna go back to like 2002. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> that. You were the height of indie, cool music in the early aughts. It was crazy. Late aughts. But I mean, I knew Grizzly Bear when I was in school, and it was happening. I got. I honestly, I did not go to school to become a musician. I went to school to become a journalist mm-hmm. slash writer. Oh. That didn't work out, and then I just started. Writing angsty songs in my room. And you're originally from Boston, right? I am originally from yeah. Boston. So, okay, so getting into music inadvertently, as you know, you went to school initially for journalism. Mm-hmm. What? How did you get? How did you find yourself in music professionally? I got a job doing essentially editing this, like a. Well, a more like historical version of a podcast. What is what was that back then? Audiobook? Audio Terry Gross? It was, no, yeah, it was kind of like that. It was, I yeah. used to call them like sort of oh. NPR documentaries. Got it. What's yeah. the word for like that? Like radio docs. Yeah. Radio docs, yeah. but pre-pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-serial and all that stuff. And I was hired The morning to, edition. Yeah. I was hired to just mm-hmm. cut out the ums and the ahs and the- Yeah. And the who's and the what? Yeah, exactly. All the boring <laughs> stuff. And so I learned very rudimentary Pro Tools, and then from there- Took out like whatever sort of post college early gay out life angst into music, and then made a couple of friends, and then we just went from there, and it oddly worked out. Mm. I also lucky. do you remember that we were friends on Live Journal? You know what? You remember that, and I don't remember that, oh. but I really am glad that we were. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Mm. Well, also a lot of my twenties is like a, a strong yeah. blur. Mm. <laughs> you were you were great on Live Journal. <laughs> I don't even what did I say? You just had a very like acerbic presence, but it was still, still sort of like a there was a dreamy fantasy of it all because mm. you were in the band and it just had this sort of uh you had this sort of What were my updates? What were your updates? Yeah, was it just like, you know, another day, it's raining. <laughs> it was like su- pseudo goofy pictures, mm. pseudo goofy. Okay. But um but I will say That's that That's a heavily curated platform now, pseudo goofy. Pseudo goofy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which you kind of are. I guess I am pseudo. See, the no, thing is, you are totally goofy. You're very and that's goofy. what I love about you. Pseudo or no? Uh, I, I wouldn't even say pseudo. I what? Oh, so okay. I know you through Elliot. First meeting you, <laughs> you were silly and goofy, and you had an irreverent way of talking, and it was very stream of conscious and silly. And yeah, you're to, you're not even pseudo goofy. You're total goof. I'll take do care. you? But do you find like when I met you? Yeah. But I I had ex- I I did not expect this. Like I was expecting this sort of like. I don't know, dour, like that's what everyone introverted music. Yeah. Music that's mildly sad and has like a couple minor chords in it. People mm. are like, you must be depressed, huh? Mm. The saddest people are the funniest. And you're are literally you okay? one of the funniest. Well, I'm not saying I'm not depressed. No, but yeah. you're one of the like. <laughs> Please don't take that from me. You're very <laughs> extroverted. You're very funny. You're very goofy. You have a very silly sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, I. I I, I'm just was that always who you were just growing up? When you woke up this morning, did you think you'd be told you were goofy five times on the podcast? You're, goof, you're kind of goofy. I'm a little goofy. Uh, I'm a little do you goofy. think goofy? I'm a think, lot goofy. I mean, you do have you do add humor into your music videos and you as a person are very funny. Do you how does humor sort of influence your music? 
Not a lot. Grizzly bears so serious. It's very. I mean, serious. there's like some there's some lyrics that are goofy. Mm-hmm. Are the other know. dudes in the band goofy too? Uh they can be. Yeah. Less so, but yes, they can be. And w- um, let me ask you a question: When you do a show now, because uh, we've talked about this before, uh, when a when a comedian does a show, it's very direct and distinct whether the crowd likes you or not. And I've always been surprised when I talk to musicians that they have they feel the same way. That sometimes they'll have a show that I'll be like, "That was great," and they're like, "That was the worst show. We hated it." Do you mm. still have shows that are like that? Do you? Do you that and, never and, goes and, away. That I think. never. And like, what is it about a crowd that you'll pick up on? That it's like, honestly, it's the energy. I yeah. think because you can even miss. I've misread a cloud, crowd. Excuse me, where they. I was like, oh, they're so into it, but they were just really drunk. And I was like, all right, well, that's <laughs> yeah, cool. Right. But, like, you know, I just don't know. And then you go to, like, I've we've literally had shows in, like, reserved countries. I don't know what you want to call them. Rich Scandinavia and Japan. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> rich people. I don't know. And they're always just, like, kind of golf clapping. And then we're like, uh, no encore tonight. And then they, like, freak out. They're angry. There's like you know the student newspapers up in arms, which literally happened once. And no then we're way. like, why? We didn't think you liked it. And they're like, we did like it. We are respectful. And I was just like, okay, yeah. I don't know. European audiences <laughs> can be like that in a strange. Yeah. They're very like I have a they're theory. They're into it, but they're just like the further clap. you are away from the equator, the less they're gonna clap. That's oh. my theory. <laughs> Wait, is Canada like that too? Kind. I mean, I I just feel like <laughs> warmer places, even in this country, are just a little more rowdy. Yeah, they're a little more fun. Mm-hmm. And then the colder is, people are like. Ooh, I think it's I because, know. like, you know how like you're like in Ooh, in certain places where it's not usually hot. I should so, get home. It's cold. So it's when just you like, like uh, it's late night. Shh. So like when Cappuccino. you sweat, you know, and you're embarrassed of <laughs> yeah. like see, having people see you sweat and stuff. But in hot places. When everyone is just like in New York, when during the summertime, everyone's just fucking sweating. It's just a reality of life there. I think it does allow people to sort of chill and just be like, mm-hmm. let's get rowdy and crazy mm-hmm. and clap a lot and mm-hmm. do you weird shit, it. you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I saw your butt sweat. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just think warm weather breeds a different culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's it's more relaxed. I don't go on the road much, but every once in a while when I go on the road, uh, I'll do shows, and it so dictates how I walk through the town the next day or mm-hmm. even even on my ride to the airport. I'll, if I have a great show, I'm like, man, this, this limo driver is going to be so excited to pick me up. <laughs> limo driver, you know, town car. And then, like, if I have the worst show, I'm like, I can't even get a sandwich. I can't even leave my room. <laughs> Everyone's going to boo me. Oh, see, I love it. <laughs> I'll a be ho- in a town of, like, 500,000 people. It's like, no one knows. Right. They already forgot your face, right, Brent. Right. I, one of the, I, actually, this relates to you. I love a hotel so much mm. that if I'm gone on the road somewhere or doing anything, I love will just stay in the hotel just because yep. I love just, like, laying there and, like, oh. having the air conditioning really high and crazy yeah. shit. But when we, when I first met you, I th- or we had dinner at a sushi place or something, and you were talking we about did. how, like, you know, sometimes, like, you'll go out and, and you'll Instagram about, like, some hotel experience or some vacation experience or something, and, like, you know, people want to get your thoughts on your social media and what you're doing in your life and the vacations you're going you on and places you're going. And, and you get sponsorships. Like, the, the A, that seems amazing, but B, like, what, how does your, how does your social media sort of, like, mesh with the music and the, sort of the identity of the musician that you've, that people know you for? I think in general, a lot of people have a similar perspective as you guys were describing earlier where they think I'm going to be dour. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like my social media is confusing at first if they're coming from just knowing the music. A yeah. lot of people just have found me randomly mm-hmm. or I don't know from podcasts, you know. You definitely <laughs> you definitely have a voice on like Instagram. Yeah, you're like one of the fun- you really are one of the funniest Instagram video people that there is. Yeah. 
take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't really think there's a big marriage. And if anything, it's me like not wanting to be. I don't know what everyone's mm-hmm. idea of like the indie musician mm-hmm. is. Like, meh, yeah, like mm-hmm. moaning over here. Yeah, you know, like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed, drinking cold brew today. How much exactly? I do like cold brew. Though. How much yeah. does queerness factor into your music? And I don't know if you. I don't know if it speaks. I don't know how much it speaks to Grizzly Bear because you are the only queer one in the group, right? Mm-hmm. Has it? Does it factor? Well, I guess in? anyone can be queer these days. I um, I would agree. <laughs> All it takes is perspective. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, but does it? Does it? Um, does it? Does it impact the music at all? I mean, who's to say? I mean, in the beginning, when it was more of a solo project, I had like a lot more explicit gay lyrics, and then. I wouldn't say I was censoring myself, but it just didn't feel as organic to be like talking about cum when I was writing with three straight guys. Right. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics are still in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. In a way, actually, my music life and creative side is so different than my day to day. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say they're divorced, but they're very separate. You often and, go away to create music, right? I remember yeah. doing that for that last album. And because... it's just like, it's just a different part of my brain. And like, I wish they were kind of more married because it's sort of hard for me to sort of. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Um, But they're different. They're different. They're different. It's like I'm not that much fun on the road. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I try to have fun, but I'm also like, uh, like like, I get stressed out. You know, I get anxious. I'm an anxious person. Do a lot of gay guys approach you after shows? Oh, yeah. What's the deal like? All you have to do is just open your phone. And it's Mm -hmm. not about me or anything. It's just anywhere. And, you know. It is about you. I, I, no, it's not, though. It's I mean, not. anyone goes to any city and you open your phone and people are like, hey, you got a dick. What's up? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> like, literally, that's what the apps are for. I mean, I don't use them that much, but when I have. Yeah, like, but you're so public if you're going to a, sh- to a show or to a city. I mean, for I a used show. to do when I was like, wow, we have like 20 guest lists to fill in like Helsinki. I'd just be like, well, let's just open up Grinder and invite strangers. You yeah. did that? Yeah, I did it so many times. That's oh my amazing. God. Yeah. And was that just an easy way to. No, I actually didn't usually, sometimes I did, but I didn't usually follow through. It was just more like, might as well fill the room a little more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like, we've got these spots, we don't know anyone. There's just an easy way to fill it. If they're, I mean, a lot of times they didn't come, they'd be like, totally. Yeah. And they're like, like, indie, you say? I imagine bringing up. What did you say? Indie, you say? Oh. I also love the idea of like. Is that like like Robin? (laughs) Right. In every part of Scandinavia. Bringing Grindr to the door guy at like a rock venue. Oh, my God. Hey, uh, can I get in? That's me. Excuse me? This is also kind of irreverent, but. In in that sense, like, what is there is and was there like a groupy element to your life musically, in, ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about my career as if we're some like Aerosmith or something. Like, we're not okay. <laughs> like, we walk outside the door and ask one person on the street, they're not going to have any fucking idea who we are. You don't like, think? So? I mean, no, absolutely not. Played... Burbank. Uh, well i mean you were in a part of a yeah but you know it's a niche audience um it's not like that though you know it's not like crazy drugs and like fancy hotels or any of that actually it's very like gotta like save money because every day is there's a cost ahead like you know like yeah i think you had there was an amazing no not that bad but in the beginning yes a lot of couch surfing and stuff but i mean there was an amazing 
cover article that you were, did in the New York Magazine, right, mm-hmm. years ago, that was like about the economy of being in an indie rock band. That was, um, we got fully fooled on that one. Really? Yeah, the magazine was like, oh, we just want to do like a story about you guys because we love you guys. And we're like, that's amazing. Like, oh, yeah. cover of a magazine? Back when people read magazines. And it was so crazy, and we were just so excited. And then they were like, psych, it's like a clickbait article. <laughs> right, right. It's all about, oh. like, indie artists being like, man, we can't make money. And it was just like, what the fuck? We got, like, totally fooled, and it was there, annoying. There was an article in the New York Times many years ago about comedians and what, how much they make, what they make at different levels of success. Never answer that question, and, no well, matter how little or lot you make. I, I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around. I knew a, cu- a couple of the people in the article, but there was one person in particular, God, God love them. I'm not even going to give gender pronouns. and But this person just like so openly talked about how they made zero dollars and actually lost money because they had to buy props. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, why would you say that? <laughs> I just don't know why you would like tell Oof. the well, world. Susie that, Orman like, would disagree. We, she says talk about it. There's nothing wrong with not making money, by the way. But like we, I just wouldn't tell everyone. We kept everyone. avoiding the subject because we were like, this is so weird. Like this doesn't really have to do with like our process, you know? Yeah. And then they were like, so like who has health insurance? I was like, what the fuck? Like, and they just like, how big is your apartment? And I was like, what are you talking about? It's 400 square feet. That's That's weird. And then then it was like, we started to be like, wait, let's not answer. And then it came out and we're like, ugh, so annoying. I want to pivot the conversation a little bit. Um, In 2016, one of the things that I love about artists, especially artists who have any influence, even if it is a niche sort of audience, is using their platform to like talk about change and, and sometimes even get politically involved, but also like getting involved in... Yeah, you were in, very politically active in 2016. In, in 2016. And also, like... To a fault. To a fault. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I think it was amazing. It was so great because it, 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 it showed your audience, it allowed your audience to engage in a different kind of way that maybe allowed them to do a different type of Google. You know what I mean? To, to search a little bit more about the issues and talk about the issues a little bit more. Do you plan on doing that in 2020? Do you plan on getting more involved, and because and, the whole band was involved, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, we were. I mean, I was a surrogate for Bernie Sanders, and yeah. we played one of his rallies, and I went to schools and, like, spoke to, like, students about, mm-hmm. that I liked him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would like to, but I, I don't know. I mean, I really feel like it's important for people with any sort of public voice to speak up, but then at the same time, I think I was sort of, like, a little too pedal to the metal on that then you think i think it was it was it was pretty How heavy-handed so? i just was overusing it and was like i was like lost in my own head in this way i mean i was passionate so that's cool but it was definitely like a little like i don't know i look back and i'm like hmm i hope we just... all take a step back in 2020 it's, yeah. i don't think we sh- at the same time i'm like we shouldn't because it's sure. terrifying what's happening but i also am just like for me social media i'm just like you know, boundaries. Well, I think in 2016, <laughs> uh, the lesson from 2016 and what you're saying is that, like, you know, we got so lost in our passion that we didn't hear anybody else's passion. Like, we were so focused on what we wanted to see I change. I feel like we had a couple, like, words between oh, us. Oh, you and I yeah. definitely did. Yeah. But it was all because, and I mean, I always supported. <laughs> like, it's like, I remember. I remember. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a time, and I think everyone was in that boat, where we so were shocked by what was happening well, on the Republican side, and we stopped really listening to each other. And I think what you said, Brent, is true. Like, hopefully in 2020, we stopped being 
so passionate to the point where we don't hear anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've already blocked like eight people. Uh, <laughs> really? Already? Uh, just because they're they they've they've taken stances that are so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like I I can't deal with this. No, but I do think you should. But I, I'm I mean, trying to be use a little your voice more in 2020. Open. Like you know. Yeah, I don't even. And whatever I don't even have like you... a favorite front runner now for the Democratic. Candidate. So you're not even into Bernie again, even though you I pledged? am. But I'm like, there's so many amazing candidates this time. Personally, like it's like last time I was just like. Hillary and Bernie. Yeah. And I was like, well, there that's easy for me. Because there was no choice. Personally. There. There but no now middle. there's like so many people that I'm, I think are great. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming more. I'm in... like, Warren's probably my favorite. Yeah, I was just going to say, Warren mm-hmm. is continuing to impress me in a way that is just like making me feel everything. I thought you hated a lot of the candidates running this year. No, not at all. Not hated, but I thought you were you were underwhelmed. We've had this conversation. I no, want I'm, Joe no, to go home. Oh, okay. What'd no. you say? I want Joe to go home. You do? No, go Joe. Go home, Joe. I'm on the fence with Joe, <sighs> but I also, the numbers, enough enough. The numbers do I know, like, I know, terrify the me that it's like, it's just, I is know. he the only one? But I don't even think people are, it's so early. I know. It's so early. It is. It is. But it does. It does scare me at this point. But I know I do think what I love about 2020 and I think what you did in 2016 that could only be better in 2020 is that we do have such a wide field that there is such I mean, a large discussion. I mean, there probably was a wide field then. I just didn't know. I didn't pick up There really the wasn't. End. There were it's three. Just, there yeah, were that's, three. What I, that's what I thought. But I'm yeah. like, maybe in the beginning there were a lot more. And the, the, who was the Baltimore mayor that ran? O'Malley. Or governor? Yeah, O'Malley. And he left right. after the first primary. Yeah. It's like, it's he no. never cracked It felt 2%. very narrow. Now there's very a ton. Narrow. But yeah. I did, wasn't tuning in a year before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a foodie. You're a traveler. I know. Well, there's... I'm. I'm trying other things right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the coolest place you have been to in the last year? Because you travel a lot. I do. Well, I, my favorite was just with Simon. Where'd um, you guys go? We went in April to Japan. Simon's your yes. boyfriend. And Simon's he's my amazing. boyfriend. He's I incredible. love him. It was so amazing. We had a great trip. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where should people follow to. you, Ed? I'm just on Instagram. Instagrabble? <laughs> mm-hmm. Idros D. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks yes, so much exists. for being here. Thanks for having me. And another thing. I thought it would be interesting to talk about unsung queer icons to this all was, of this us. This was a fun one. Yeah, yeah the idea a... that there are many icons. Everyone knows Beyonce. <laughs> everyone knows Beyonce. Yeah, I mean, everyone now, knows the Ellens, the Madonnas, like the people who are out there who are like are snooze. known, who, <laughs> right. who are known for being queer icons. Right, and and the but, Golden Girls, but even like activists, Marsha P. Marsha, Marsha yeah, P. Course. Johnson. You know, it, it, it's a. You don't know her? No. Oh. You don't know Marsha P. Marcia, Johnson. Nar- Marsha P. Johnson. It she does was, sound like I mean, I'm making it up. She's but. credited. She was uh, a black. At that time, she she called herself a drag queen, but I think she probably she was transgender. She was yeah. trans primarily, mm-hmm. and by modern stands, standards, and she is credited with, quote-unquote, not throwing the first brick, but she was at Stonewall. She was, like, a yeah. big activist oh, at Stonewall. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, good. No, she's um, great. You should I, didn't to, I didn't mean to scoff. No, no, earlier. I love it. I'm sure I'm going to get some letter. <laughs> I will never listen to your podcast ever. Yes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but... With all that being yeah, so said, d- so deep cut queer yeah, icons. Yeah, yeah, deep cut queer icons. Somebody who meant something to you for a reason that might not seem obvious to uh, to the rest of the world or the queer community. I can start yeah, if you want. You, um, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> for me, um, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> a little, uh, before you start, I will say I read your list to Michael earlier, and he was like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that will be a, a lot of explanation, and uh, yeah. will be, I think, Dave, a part of this. Dave Cause is a jazz musician, and I okay. just love that he's an out 
jazz musician. Um, <clears throat> David Casp created the show Happy Endings, in mm. which uh, Adam Pally's character Max was uh-huh. the very first time I felt like I saw yeah, myself right. mirrored in a gay character on TV. Right. Right. Someone like Howard Stern, you know, obviously I'm a big Stern fan, mm. um, and often explained to people with the, uh, the sort of uh, disclaimer that I'm a fan of Howard now. I'm a fan of Evolved Howard, the mm-hmm. Howard who released this recent book, Howard Stern Comes Again, um, and who, the man that he's become. And subsequently, he also had a member of his whack pack, which is like the yeah. merry uh-huh. yeah, yeah. band of characters or whatever, named Joey Boots. And Joey was this— um, He passed mor- away recently. He passed away a couple years ago. A couple years. Yeah, he was this like morbidly obese um, uh, veteran who made it his job to— um, buoy bomb newscasts. So he would anywhere he if he if there was a newscast around New York, he'd be the first to literally run behind them screaming, uh-huh. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard yeah. Stern's penis, right. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Right. And he was this big, crazy goofball weirdo uh-huh. who was who came out later. Okay, so he's gay. <clears throat> oh yeah, okay. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know. All right, so let's see. <laughs> sorry, he's gay. And he made and that was literally like just a part of his personality. Yeah. And the idea of him he would like hit on other whack packers and was like aggressive about and sometimes it. Sometimes it's 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 charming that you see uh you know a group of straight friends mm-hmm. uh that are embracing of their gay friend. Yeah. And I do think it's important for people to kind of hear that. Yeah. And... Yeah, the idea that Joey Boots this like goofball character on the Howard Stern show who was like a menace. Yeah. If know? only Glenn Beck had that kind of guy on right? his program. <laughs> but that but in but ultimately like as, even though he was kind of like a goofy character, yeah. uh he yeah, was no, represented I, I totally hear he you. represented yeah. something different for the audience that I think, you know, yeah. changed their minds yeah, probably. I yeah, I'll take some. Um I think I have people probably people have heard of. I <laughs> I'm joking. I um I put uh, Ryan Felipe primarily for his butt <laughs> pictures in cinema. Not, and, and you think that I, I do think he's a queer icon because we talked about that with a past guest, um, Ryan O'Connell. Mm-hmm. How important Ryan Ryan Felipe's butt was to my queer identity. Like, lots of masturbation there. Um, sure. I also put Hillary Clinton. Okay, because this, this is a bit of a curveball list no, so I far. No, I think she is because she was like the first representation of like you know someone who didn't f- care what society said, and she just was this like you know independent <clears throat> first lady who didn't yeah. bake the cookies yeah. basically, which is and great. It's kind of like Very was a statement cool. for me yes. as a kid being like, oh, you can be different things. That's very um, true. I also said the Sears catalog underwear section, um, <laughs> which was like I do think was ve- and it doesn't even have to be Sears; it could be any underwear section in the men's catalog. But it was like so much time was spent looking at bulges. Yeah, I'm so grateful that they were so artful in sure. that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, any straight man that was willing to show their dick to a gay dude was an unsung okay. queer icon. Who are, these, uh, who are these straight men that we're talking about? There's are some out there. People in your town. I'm sure some of the Howard to? Stern crew would show their dicks to Joey. Oh, they show more than that. You know, yeah. Paula right. Paula Poundstone was another one that I think is Wait, an I unsung need the, queer icon. The Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, Cabbage Patch Kids were very queer. They were like this <laughs> weird, like like I don't know. They just were this. Like, they, I mean, they came out of a cabbage. Like, how queer is that? And they mm-hmm. were just, like, different. And having a Cabbage Patch, me wanting a Cabbage Patch doll was queer enough. Right. So, like, in some way, sure. 
It was just queer. We, it was we, a queer toy. We've used Jim J. Bullock's name as a sort yeah. of punchline on the show. I'm serious but about that. Yeah, one, tell me, though. tell me why he's a serious queer icon. Jim J. Bullock was sort of the Sean Hayes of the '80s, yeah. and and he didn't get a lot of credit for what he, I think, was bringing to television. Even though he was absurd and he was on situation, he was on what's it called and, once in lo- once. Yeah, and he also did a talk show with one day um, at a time, right? With Tammy Faye Baker as yeah, well, right, which right. I actually liked a lot. Um, Let's get out of here. And, yeah, and surprise. <laughs> No, but I do think he was sort of, he was kind of like the, um, the who was the Hollywood Square guy? Paul Lynn. He was Paul like Lynn. the Paul Lynn of the 80s in a way. Yeah. And for me, watching that, I was like, that's cool. I like sure. that there's a big old queen on TV. Sure. Okay. And he wasn't really a punchline, right? No, I mean, he was in some ways and sometimes, yeah. but like yeah. he owned it. Brent, before you go, I just want to add in a couple of female sure. names so it doesn't sound like I'm just choosing men. Sandra Bernhardt, Kim Petras. And uh, Shonda Rhimes. Okay, yep. oh, that's a, those are good. Okay, my first one, Nate Silver. Yes, great blogger for oh. Five Thirty Eight. Yeah. I thought you hate him though. Well, I didn't like his inaccurate predictions in the uh, election. Well, he wasn't technically He's inaccurate. He's the executive but... director of Five Thirty Eight now. It's a big. I mean, yeah, uh, no, not a vlog yeah, anymore. Yeah. He's, the, he's the god of polling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's. Uh, He's openly gay, and but only brings up when it's when it's when so, someone will tell him that he's a straight white man. And he does his opinion doesn't count, and he's like, "I'm not a straight white man." Yeah, <laughs> right. On Twitter, he's and he's he's really great. Jane Lynch. Oh yeah, super funny. Uh, also very sort of like low key gay, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Doesn't have to rub it in your face low like key. say an H. Allen Scott. She used to uh, work out at the same gym I was at, and she was the, it was at Crunch in West Hollywood. Yeah. And we were the only two wearing like lots of clothes, and yeah. I really respected her. I've for heard that. so many people talk about seeing her at the gym. Yeah, and that she like really like get like when she does squats, she gets like really serious about yeah. it. Yeah, she's a big lady. Um, uh, weirdly, this wasn't so dumb. Well, growing up, we watched the show on PBS called Nature. And it was hosted by a guy named George Page. And when he died, this was, would only be known by like 10 families worldwide because no one watched the show. <laughs> we watched it every fucking Sunday. We, my family, I hated it. My dad loved it. The, it was hosted by a guy named George Page. And when he died, his, obitu- his obituary said he had a partner. Oh. And I was like, God damn, oh. George Page, you sly devil. Right. Never would have guessed you were gay, which sure. I enjoyed. And finally, uh, I had an did, did, have we talked about this? I had an obsession with uh, female bad guys, mm. and there was in that Superman movie I forget which one. There were like three bad guys in it, and there's a there's a woman with the blonde hair. I don't think she was blonde. She had really cl- like closely cropped black hair. Oh no! And I think she's a, she. I know she was a bad guy in it. And as when I was a kid, I was obsessed with how mm. she was evil. Yeah. And I was like, she's so cool. I like wanted to be her in a weird way. Yeah. And to me that was kind of like it was almost like maybe I was like projecting my sexuality onto being her. Fiercely sure. evil. There's some there's an attra- <laughs> especially in women like Cruella mm-hmm. DeVille, uh you know, Little Mermaid, uh, yeah. Ursula, like all of those characters. <laughs> right. And all of those characters yeah. really are they're evil, but like I re- I always responded to them because they yeah. were just so cool and flamboyant. When you brought up the George George Pace, is this? George Page. George Page. Um For it's nature. so funny. Now one of my favorite things is like there's a lot of out journalists on television, Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper, etc. Ramin Satuta. Yes. Yeah. Um, but what I love doing is like seeing like a random anchor, and they always promote all of their social handles and stuff, and then going to their social handle and seeing if they're gay. Because there's yeah. so many male yeah. gay newscasters Who's... and news people that like, but <clears throat> but because they're great journalists, they don't necessarily 
talk about anything private. Yeah, they don't have to say, I'm here, I'm queer. Yeah, they just kind of exist. <laughs> and and but, but yet they're still showing their very sort of queer, open lifestyle. David on, Muir, right? On, David Muir? I don't Muir? Think Muir. So. I know that's a that's a weatherman, right? No. no. He's like the no, Oh, that's the news. No, I don't I don't think he's gay. I don't no. think he's gay. Um, but I, I do love going to their Instagram profile being like, "Oh, I like You know, I wish Brent and I have a, a shared aff- uh, affection for uh, the the journalist Matt Gutman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I very, like that. Yeah. Very hot. He is yeah. really hot. I don't like his He's surprisingly thirsty. Thirsty pictures and oh, videos that know. he he posts lots of thirsty yeah, photos he and but he's exercising new, like shirtless with his kids on him and yeah. I is he straight? Yes. Yeah, I he's don't straight. like he got, it. Yeah. I where's, don't like where's it. Where is he an anchor? Uh, uh, 2020, he was yeah. on. Oh, 2020. I love yeah. my DVR. He's then. So handsome. I, I'm a John Quinones bitch. Uh, uh, yeah. I love, I love, a, I love a John Quinones. <laughs> oh my god! If Brent was a drag queen, he'd be John Quinones. <laughs> John Quinones. I would. Love He's like one of my favorite deep Jan, celebrities. Jan Quinones. I would love to a see your drag name, but also just see you in drag. Rutherford B. Gaze. <laughs> You would do good in heels. You wear heels well. What would your aunt say? Alan, what would uh, Aunt Anne say about something she heard on today's episode? My Aunt Anne would pick up on the Cabbage Patch doll and say, remember when your grandmother made you a Cabbage Patch doll because you were too poor and she added a real penis? (laughs) She sewed on on a little penis because they were realistic. For real? For real. Did Cabbage Patch dogs, dog, dolls smell weird? Mine didn't. They had a scent? But mine was, I mean, we were so poor that we couldn't afford one, so, like, my grandma literally made me one, and she she heard somewhere that wow. they were very realistic, so she sewed on, she literally sewed That's on amazing. a little penis and balls. Oh, wow. Good for her. My, out of paper, or, like? No, out of, like, cloth, like, fabric, fabric and wow. stuffing and stuff, yeah. My Aunt Joanne would say, I never liked Helen Hunt. Don't tell Alan. Oh, hate her. Uh, and Brent, what would Aunt Ramona say about something she heard no, today? No one knows George Page, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am also Elliot Glazer. And I, too, am Elliot Glazer. <laughs> Starbanes Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.